going to tell the Janmashtami story that you've heard many times. But just like the pious Christians are livened to hear the Nativity story every year at Christmas, we are enlivened to hear about Krishna, Janmashtami, on his birthday. Once the earth was burdened by the unnecessary military forces of many kings were actually demons in the guise of kings. And Mother Earth was very distressed. She went to Lord Brahma to tell of the calamitous situation. She assumed the form of a cow and shed tears before Lord Brahma just to invoke his compassion. When Lord Brahma heard the situation, he became very aggrieved. And at once he took all the demigods with him, like Lord Shiva and Bhumi also and went to the shore of the Shirodak Ocean. There on the Shirodak Ocean, the demigods go to pray to Lord Vishnu, who resides in the ocean of milk. They usually don't get a personal darshan of him, but they make prayers. They make a prayer called the Purusha Shukta prayer. And they get a message by sound vibration. So only Lord Brahma heard the message. And Krishna said to Brahma, I am coming very soon and I'll fulfill my mission to annihilate the miscreants and to rescue the pious. Don't worry. But you now should all take birth in the Yadu dynasty to be my seniors and supporters when I take birth do this right away so they were pacified by this message went back to their places once upon a time Vasudeva and Devaki 
returning from their marriage in a chariot along with a great dowry given by Devaki's father consisting of hundreds of elephants and horses and chariots and beautiful maidens and the band was playing it was a great celebration and as is the custom the brother of the bride was driving a chariot so she doesn't feel lonely her brother was Kamsa was music but suddenly a voice from the sky said Kamsa you fool you don't know it but the eighth child of this woman will kill you Kamsa became immediately alarmed and he took his sword and was going to kill Devaki He was more powerful than Vasudeva, but Vasudeva appealed to him philosophically. He said, what are you doing? You're about to try to kill your sister on the day of her marriage? This is a horrible thing. Why are you so afraid of death? that takes place for everyone. The day we're born, our death is born along with us and the baby is two days old, he's two days dead. And anyway, what is death? Death is not the end of everything. Death is just the transmigration of the body to a new body. Just as when you put your foot down on the ground and taking a step. So at death you take a step and change your body. Or when a caterpillar crawls from one leaf to another you change your body in that way. So there's nothing to be afraid of death. Kamsa wasn't very impressed by this philosophy. He was an out-and-out demon. So Vasudeva took another tactic and he spoke diplomatically. He said to him, My dear Kamsa, Devaki and I will 
present to you any babies that are born. And you can do with them as you like. So Kamsa had great trust in Vasudev's word of honor. And he calmed down and he accepted that and he spared Devaki's life. And he let them go home. But Vasudev didn't have much trust in him. A year later, a baby was born to them. And although it was very painful, Vasudev brought the baby to Kamsa. Kamsa at that time became a little compassionate and he said, You don't have to bring this baby to me. The voice in the sky said, It was the eighth child that would kill me. So you can keep this child. Vasudev brought his child home again, not feeling very confident in Kamsa's words. At that time, Narada came to see Kamsa. Narada wanted to accelerate the appearance of Krishna in the earth. So he told Kamsa so much about Krishna's appearance. He told them that all the demigods were taking birth in the Yadu dynasty to prepare for Krishna's appearance as Nanda Maharaj and Vasudev and other great personalities. They should be very careful about them. told Kamsa that he had been a demon in his past life named Kalanemi and that Vishnu had killed him. So when, Na when Kamsa heard this from Narada, he became very alarmed and he took action. He put Vasudeva Devaki in prison. He killed their child. He put his father, King Ugrasena, in prison. And he declared himself the king of all the places. Hmm. Then one year after another, Devaki and Vasudeva gave birth to a child. Comes to kill a child. He gave birth to six children and he killed them all. When it came time for the seventh pregnancy, Devaki felt within her the appearance of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sankarshan or Balaram, 
she was very joyful but very lamenting also because she thought as soon as this child is born Kamsa will kill him too but at this time Krishna's potency Yoga Maya spoke or Krishna spoke to Yoga Maya and said I want you to transfer Sankarshan from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini, one of the wives of Vasudev, who is living in exile and protection of Nanda and Gokula. So, Yogamaya did this and it was thought that Devaki had a miscarriage of her seventh child. Then Krishna told Yogamaya, for the eighth child I am going to appear personally in all my potencies and I will kill Kamsa. So the eighth appearance of a child was occurred in the mind or in the heart of Vasudev. And Vasudev became so brilliant he couldn't even be seen. It was not by seminal discharge that Krishna appeared but he appeared in the heart of Vasudev. And then he was transferred from the heart of Vasudev to the heart of Devaki, into the womb of Devaki. And she looked more beautiful than she ever had before, but she was in the prison, so she wasn't noticed she was like fire in a covered pot a misused education but Kamsa could see how beautiful she was and he understood that in her womb was the supreme personality of Godhead so he became perturbed as to what to do should he kill her and he was hesitant But then he thought, no, I better not. It would be too atrocious behavior for me. Everyone would curse me after my death to kill my sister while she's pregnant. I'll wait until the child is born and then like the others, I'll kill him. So he let Devaki live. And then when it was time for Krishna to appear, all the heavenly beings in the sky, like the 
Gandharvas and the Apsaras began to sing and dance. They played music. And all the constellations in the sky adjusted themselves so it would be the most auspicious thing astrologically. And Krishna appeared in the prison of Devaki and Vasudev in his four-handed form, dressed as Vishnu. They recognized him and made prostrated obeisances and prayers to him. Recognizing that this was possible for him, although it was impossible for anyone else, that he should appear as their son in the fully formed Vishnu appearance. But Mother Tavaki and Vasudev were afraid that when Kamsa saw Vishnu, he would kill him. They had such maternal feeling, a paternal feeling, that they thought that Vishnu wouldn't be able to defend himself. So Mother Devaki requested Vishnu to transform himself into an ordinary baby. Maybe she could hide him. And Krishna gave instructions what they should do. That Vasudeva should take him as a baby and carry him to Gokula in Vrindavan and exchange him for a baby girl who had just been born to Yasoda and bring her there. And then after saying that, he transformed himself into an ordinary baby. Then by the power of Yogamaya, all the guards fell fast asleep the shackles on Vasudev fell off and the bolts and chains on the prison wall fell off and Vasudev got out of the prison and he took the baby it was pouring rain and the hoods of Ananta came over his head to give him protection went to Gokula and there as Prabhupada writes in a couple of purports in the tenth canto the Acharyas say that mother Yasoda gave birth to twins Krishna and a sister so, Vasudev merged the Krishna he carried with him into the body of Krishna that Yasoda had given birth to and took the sister 
went back to the prison house, put back all the shackles, and stood as before. Then the baby cried. Doorkeepers heard it, and they rushed to Comps and they told him. He was completely agitated. He was completely Krishna conscious. He was thinking at every moment about Krishna while he was sleeping or while he was eating or walking or talking because he thought Krishna was going to be born and was going to kill him. So when he heard the word that the baby had been born, he said, Now the death of my life is here. And he ran into the room to kill the baby. Devaki pleaded with him, please don't kill this little girl of mine, spare her. She's born like the shining sun. Kamsa was so cruel he took the baby up in his hand and he was going to smash her against the rock but she slipped out of his hand and went up in the sky and appeared as Durga with eight arms and weapons and said to him you rascal you can't kill me the person you want to kill is already born somewhere in this world She was Durga, and then she appeared and was worshipped in different parts of the world under different names. After she disappeared, Kamsa became very repentant, and he said, Oh, it appears that the, even the heavenly voices from the sky tell lies. I'm so sorry I offended you and killed your children. Please forgive me. Please don't be offended by me. It's destiny that this happened. And they, being very compassionate, forgave him. So Krishna was born into the world. And he had a private birth ceremony in Gokula, <clears throat> done secretly with the priest Gargamuni, who came and gave names to Krishna and Balaram. And there was a celebration done in secret but with great festivity and Krishna was now safe in the world and ready to kill the demons who would be sent by Kamsa
Thank you very much. I'd like to say that um, I always think that when John must me, it's the time where also we have Krishna appearing in our own hearts. There's a story, I forgot where I read this, somewhere, maybe in the book, somewhere that the, the six babies that were yeah. One, the Satgarbhasura, who were actually demonic sons of Marichi, who's the mind. And so they represent these bad qualities like lust, greed, anger, envy, and that so that they are being. Uh, that, that their being killed meant that that uh, symbolically it also means that it happened, but it means also that for Krishna to, to appear in our hearts, those bad things can be disappointed. And then Balaram comes in her womb first because Balaram then makes it ready for Krishna. So, so that that Lord Balaram, he uh, he uh, helps us, gives us spiritual strength, that we can also uh, uh, worship Krishna properly, and, uh, and then then Krishna can can appear. And, and of course, you know, in the end, Devaki gets her children back. Yeah. <laughs> they they. Uh, Krishna comes and, and, and rescues them, brings, them, brings his, his uh, brothers <laughs> uh, back. Uh, also, so there's a happy ending for, for, for all, all of that. Well, anyway, it, it, it's it, it's uh, very purifying to hear this story, and also, also just by meditating and think about it, it helps us also. In this task of making ourselves proper, uh, uh, and uh, it's always interesting that 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 uh, Happy Krishna, when he's in Vrindavan, so then comes to keep sending demons to kill him. Killing all of them. Balaram kills some, and Krishna kills some, and it says the ones that Balaram kills, they represent uh, things that we have to overcome in ourselves, that by our own effort we have to. This is what Bhaktivinoda says these are the ones that we have to have work to remove, and, uh, and then the ones that Krishna kills, they come Krishna kills too. Uh, well, for, because I mean, we want Krishna to appear in our hearts, we have, we have to also properly become uh, receptive. And so we make ourselves receptive, and then Krishna, in his own mercy, comes and, and uh, makes himself uh, manifest. Yeah. So these are the things I think about. And, 
John Moss to me, especially, that, uh, that our job is also to, to help Krishna appear and purify us, and maybe we can also help other people. If we aren't trying to become pure ourselves, we can't do very much to help other people. Just by making a sincere effort, we can, we can help other people uh, become pure. And, and uh, yeah, when, 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 when uh, this becomes manifest, then Krishna's purposes will be fulfilled. We can do it now because Lord Chaitanya has appeared. And the, actually the only reason we can have access to all this uh, understanding about Krishna, especially Krishna's private life in Vrindavan, Krishna with his own internal potencies, uh, this is very important to, to be able to know these things, but we can only know them because of Lord Chaitanya's mercy. But he made things that are very, very, very elevated, uh, accessible. So that's a special. Whenever Krishna appears in the once in the day of Brahman, it's always followed by Lord Chaitanya. It's Krishna himself coming now to play the role of a devotee and to give Krishna consciousness to others. So that that's our particular good fortune to be the recipient of Lord Chaitanya's mercy delivered to us by by Sri Prabhupada. And you can tell by the effort, the difficulty that Sri Prabhupada went through bring Krishna consciousness, that gives us some measure of the care that Krishna has for us. And we are born in a not very pious country, strange place far away, but still took that effort to come uh, so that we can sit here today in an old mill town. Stuyvesant Falls, <laughs> the dark satanic mills <laughs> right across the stream, <laughs> and uh, celebrate the appearance of Lord Krishna. Mm -hmm. How is it by the mercy of Lord Chaitanya that we know the intimate pastimes of Krishna? That that, uh, that that Lord Lord Chaitanya made it possible. It says that when Lord Chaitanya appeared with the Panchatattva, when they danced and chanted, uh, Krishna's cover says that when Krishna came, he brought with him the storehouse of love of God but it was locked. Very few people had access to it. But when Lord Chaitanya came, he and his associates, the Panchatattva, they uh, broke open the lock 
and plundered the storehouse and handed out the contents to everybody and didn't inquire whether they're fit or unfit. That's how. It means when he writes that, you think of Krishna stealing the butter and then giving it to the monkeys. <laughs> seems to reflect that, 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 that kind of mood of mercy. Uh, and and uh, so we're all we're all of us unfit. Uh, the, any born out anyone born outside of India is automatically an outcast. Is <laughs> a barbarian, and uh, and so not 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 raised in spiritual culture not trained in childhood to hear about Krishna. Uh, growing up, hearing the glories of camels and Marlboros and, <laughs> and so on, you know, being fed to us by a big machinery of money-making. Uh, and so we are told happiness is get addicted to all these things. It's our culture. It's amazing to be able to overcome all that. There's Lord Chaitanya versus Madison Avenue. <laughs> Lord Chaitanya's not winning. So that's how it happened. Remember when I first started thinking, doing a lot of uh, uh, new devotee, uh, and and I somehow, you know, in the early days, it's sort of like we say the Shishastika prayers in the morning. And the purport was get out there and do sankirtan, and uh, so it took me a while to realize that that actually. We're supposed to really, when we chant the Hare Krishna mantra, we're supposed to really concentrate and pay close attention and uh, bring the mind under control. tried to do that and uh, after doing it for a while uh, really hard you know I mean it wasn't exactly blissful but it was just like because my mind discovered you know how it really wants to think about other things when you're chanting and go here and there and uh, I was always a person who used my mind to entertain myself a lot so it was hard to do and then I noticed when I began to concentrate that I felt uh, uneasy, I felt a kind of distress. And I didn't know what this distress was, uh, and where it came from. And uh, so then I decided, I'll just put up with it and just keep chanting. 
And so I did. And this maybe uh, two weeks with that, I'm like really just putting up with whatever this kind of uneasiness and distress. And then one day it really increased really bad. Uh, and that distress revealed itself just of, of a grief, of overwhelming grief. They got flooded. It was like somebody opened a fire hydrant and gushed out this grief. And uh, it was overwhelming. And I thought, what, what is this? Where does this come from? You know. But then I realized exactly, you know, what it was. Why I felt so horrible that I, I had turned away from Krishna. I'd come to the material world. I'd rejected Krishna. And that's why I was here in the material world, and I felt this grief. Uh, and I was so. Imp- puzzled and embarrassed by it. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife, anybody. You know, it was like my secret thing. Because our slogan was chant and be happy. Nobody ever said chant and feel grief. And I thought, well, I really must be different from everybody else. These are all devotees and I'm like some kind of demon that somehow got into the Hare Krishna movement. Because, you know, everybody, Hare Krishna, so. But then, then I, I, I had to deal with this grief, you know. I, I think I, and then I realized I'm feeling this grief only because I'm chanting Hare Krishna. And the grief is that I turned away from Krishna, but I'm chanting Hare Krishna, and the reason I'm chanting Hare Krishna is that Prabhupada came and brought this Mahamantra to us. And that meant that even though I turned away from Krishna, Krishna hadn't turned away from me. And, and, and the difficulty that Prabhupada took and underwent by himself, an elderly person, to come to the West, that's how much Krishna cared for me. And that was the, the, the solace. You know, so, so, so even though I was totally unfit, and, so that 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 was my 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 first real personal spiritual experience <laughs> with the holy name was was like this. And then years later, actually, it was the year two thousand. That that year, I was the chairman of the GBC, and I knew it was going to be a very very rough year. And I tried to convince the whole GBC to come and and to Vrindavan and do a Kartika Vrata chant sixty four rounds a day. You know, people had audio obligations and stuff like that. So I said, well, I'll do it myself. And then Krishna made all arrangements. I'd never done this before. You know, God got to go to Vrindavan and chant 64 rounds a day. You know. And it was at that time that I began to really study the Shishastika prayers. And I realized that in the last chapter of the 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 Chaitanya Charitamrita, that's where Lord Chaitanya recites those prayers with Ramananda Roy and, and Swarup Damodar. And not only did the Prabhupada translate them 
again, differently from the one we usually would say in the recite in the temple in the morning. But also, after Lord Chaitanya recites each prayer in, in Sanskrit, then in Bengali it describes what he felt. And so the second prayer, Nam Namakari Bahuda Mirja Sarva Shaktas Tatarupita. You have so many names and you have placed all your potencies in those names and for chanting them there's no hard and fast rules. Tavakripa Bhagavan, this is your mercy. Mama Durdaiva, notice there's a contra, this is your mercy and this is my Durdaiva, my bad fortune. That behind there's I still have no taste for them. And then it says that when Lord Chaitanya chanted this, recited this prayer, he felt Dainya and Vishada. Dainya means humility, and Vishada means grief. And I thought, my God, it's bona fide. <laughs> and then if you go through, you know, that, that, that those things, that, that Dainya keeps occurring, and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And, 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 and that, that grief is also there, but it takes on different kind of uh, qualities. Feelings of, turns into strong feelings of separation from Krishna. So, so the, uh, it, it really increased my faith because I realized if you just do take the process of Krishna consciousness and just follow the basic instructions, it does, it works. You know, it's made for people who don't know anything or don't know very much. Uh, and, uh, and it was all there in the books, you know, in front of me, but you had to also be able to see it. Uh, so anyway, that, that's, that's my, my uh, how Prabhupada distributed this uh, to us. Gave us uh, everything. He said that to us, right? I've given you everything you need. It's just there. And uh, if we follow the basic principles, things things start to happen. about the different, um, you know, John Masson we've had over the years. And, uh, I wondered, like, what was your first John Masson? I mean, yeah, I would like to know that. <laughs> and what the devotees did or where you were. Well, First Janmasmi was at sea with Prabhupada. On his way. Yeah. And the second one was in the storefront with the devotees. So he told us to stay in the storefront all day <laughs> and chant on our beads. And we 
in an almost complaining mood, so <laughs> how can we do this and don't need? He said, if you can't do this, you can go to the refrigerator and take some fruit. <laughs> so we believe that that could we took a living being couldn't go all day without eating. <laughs> <laughs> he said we could take some fruit from his refrigerator and then uh, he came down for several hours and read from his manuscript of Bhagavad Gita mm. and that was wonderful but otherwise we just sat around leaned on the wall and chanted <laughs> sleepily yeah <laughs> I, I yeah, yeah, that reminds me of Nirvana. Yeah, you were there because yeah. um, you had taken sannyas before. I remember coming down the hill. And I remember there. that that I wasn't couldn't get in the temple room for John because what Prabhupada would do would just sit and listen to Krishna book. Yeah, yeah. And somebody would read Krishna book, <laughs> and. and I, I, uh, I was outside, uh, and the, the Prabhupada's Vyasasana was against the back wall, and there was a window on either side, and I was in the window on his right side, and I could look and see his right arm. He had a watch on it. Uh, 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 I don't know if he had a, yeah. Uh, see his right arm, and I could see all the devotees in the temple room, and as the reading is going on, people are like, <laughs> There's this kind of emotional stuff, <laughs> everything, and Prabhupada's arm didn't move. It was just completely still, and I started to look at his hand and his arm, you know, and he didn't move. He was so still. While this thing is going on, and everybody else is squirming. <laughs> It was amazing like that. I told Hari Sori about this, you know, about this story. And he said, yeah, Prabhupada, I mean, his first Prabhupada did so much stuff. But he said somebody had given him a self-winding watch, and it would always stop. <laughs> <laughs> because it's your nervous energy, you know, that, that makes, it, makes it wind. The movement of your wrist, and he said it, could, it would never keep going because it would always Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just his capacity to sit still and not have all of this nervous motion going. <laughs> but that's what he did. We all sat there while, while we just read Krishna book. Yeah, we fell asleep. <laughs> it was amazing because I was at that window too, and it was like. I kept smelling lilac, but it was the wrong season. But I said I kept smelling it coming out. It wasn't incense, you know. And uh, I guess the devotees were really hungry, and they even had plates made up, but they didn't let you take it. You know, they were waiting, and and, uh, and Prabhupada just was listening to Krishna book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Where usually, like, other John Mosby's, you know, I found, like, actually have more energy, like, when I'd be, like, wake the deities and dress them and then start cooking, you know, you're never hungry when you're cooking, you know, yeah. it's like, the peace will go on. 
that year. And they had brought Radhavindav and Chandra down from above and put them on the new altar there. And they had that pavilion up on the hill. Yeah. That, you know, for the next day for the Aspuja. Oh, and that, and the night, I think it was um, John Masby night, um, put on a play, it was um, probably Pajapati or, you know, something like that. And when that, they had, it was like a lo whole long play, you know, and I remember the part where they were going to go and kill all the babies, you know. Not 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 Devaki's babies, but all the babies of Vrindavan. That was part of the play. I remember that Yudi was like two years old or something, and he he just screamed. You know, he was so into the play that it, you would think that it was part of it. It was this like terrified <laughs> scream. You know, this baby, <laughs> like as if he'd been part of part of it. It would have just happened. You know, because <laughs> kids get so in into the, the plays like that. You know. Or, or, you know, that was a very uh, wonderful Janmasmi. Mm. And now when they had the Vyas Puja the next day, I also remember they distributed all this cake and then no one gave Prabhupada a piece. Yeah, someone told me that he asked for a piece later, but it was all gone. Remember he had a big cake and, and, and <laughs> cut the cake. Cut the cake. <laughs> <laughs> then it was gone. You know, yeah, it was just all distributed. <laughs> <laughs> so many devotees came from all over. He complained that there wasn't enough fruit. And then there was hepatitis going to them. Contaminated well. Afterwards. Somebody didn't know what the well was. They mopped the temple room floor and then poured it into the well for some reason. Whoever was didn't. <laughs> That's not an important thing, but <laughs> so it was at the storefront, the twenty six second Avenue, or the yes. one before that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody was younger and must have been much more restless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chapter prayers to the demigods, the Lord Krishna in the womb. Um, the appearance of Krishna is the answer to all imaginative iconography as to what is the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord is like this, the Supreme Lord is like that. By your appearance, <coughs> direct appearance, all of that is dissipated. So, Rabindra uh, Prabhu was remarking how this is an important day for our personal Krishna consciousness to take stock of our own practice and desires and how this is a special day where Lord Krishna will appear uh, but we want Krishna to be ever present in our heart uh, one time Prabhupada was asked to attend a Janmashtami function in maybe a life, Indian, a life member Indian's home please come and celebrate. 
which unmasked me with us, they petitioned him. He said, you celebrate. I am celebrating at every moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... They say that. I never heard that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, sometimes in our attempt, well, to prosecute pure Krishna consciousness in this uh, Kali Yuga world, uh, just by being born outside of India, we're automatically barbarians. <laughs> uh, and in an organized spiritual movement, sometimes there's differences of opinions and ways of looking at things and arguments, but ultimately the appearance of Krishna as he is and or the uh, opinion of Krishna's pure devotee, Srila Prabhupada would be able to put to rest all arguments and differences of opinion by his own firm and final and uh, solidly made decision. So uh, I look at this day as important to uh, be uh, reaffirmed of what is the actual truth and what is the real thing and not and stay strong against uh, any type of force that would uh, try to dismay me from that determination. And it's also a very good day to uh, pray to personally Shishi Radha Govinda, who are the deities of New York, state and city and region, and also personally here in Stuyvesant Falls. I believe uh, Gurmaj here. Uh, um, your Radha Govinda are going to become uh, bigger today. You're taking back your, the original Radha Govinda that you were worshipping. Yeah. Dambadar has been keeping very nicely for one year. They were previously with Mother Colini for some time. So this is a, a special day for uh, uh, making our personal connection to Shishi Radha Govinda and taking their absolute shelter and thus becoming fearless. Thank you very much. I was also thinking along the lines of uh, what Rabindra Sarup was saying about how Krishna and Janvastami appeared in each of our own individual lives. Uh, I was looking at the cover of Krishna book this morning on my bookshelf, which has to me, that painting is Radha Krishna. There's never a better form of Radha Krishna than, than that painting in the original Krishna book. And I was remembering how Akshobhya brought... Uh, Krishna appeared to me through Akshobhya. He brought Krishna book to me when I was a child, when I was 13 years old. Um, so that was Krishna's first appearance to me. And, I, and seeing that book always reminds me of that. And I was just telling Damodar earlier of my first experience with Janmastami, of hitchhiking to, to Boston, searching for the Hare Krishna temple on Beacon Street, having no idea it was even on Beacon Street, spending all day looking for it, and then getting there the night before Janmastami and having no idea what Janmastami was. But the next day I, I remember this beautiful rose garland that I had from the deities around my, around my neck and the smell of it any time I smell roses. I always think of that first Janmastami and Radha Gopiwala. So that's, um, those were my remembrances of Janmastami today.
Except for before I became a Pujari, um, before I became a Brahmin, um, everyone used to tease me as a Bhakta that um, um, what everyone was going to do when they became Brahminically initiated, it was like a, uh, it was like an, pretty much an open secret. Everybody knew what their destiny was, almost or their tendencies. So now I'm Sankatan, everyone knew I was going to become a Sankatan devotee. He was Bhakta Noel at the time. And um, um, I can't remember what his name was before, but Rati, everyone knew he was going to be a Kirtaniya. You, somehow that you knew exactly what everyone was going to do as far as what their service was going to be or, or what their qualities or their tendencies were. There was Bhaktaran, and he was a very uh, muscular. He looked like Ramachandra, and you actually named him Ramachandra. Then when you gave me my name... I was actually listening to the tape yesterday because um, uh, David David Jagapate sent it to me, the initiation of everyone getting initiated. So in the background, you could hear Sanjaya, Haribo, Haribo. And also you said, your name is Damodar Das. And the whole place started laughing like anything. And all I could think of was like, I'm such a rascal and he knows it because <laughs> I always steal the Mangalatik sweets oh. from the Pujari room. <laughs> and actually, you never answered the question for me. So maybe I'll ask it again now. <laughs> we were in the elevator going upstairs a couple of days after the initiation. And I said, you gave everyone names according to their tendencies or physical natures like Mahajan. He was six foot what, five, six foot six? And, and Hoxager was Dr. Allen, who used to joke a lot. So we thought, we didn't understand what Hoxager meant, but we thought a hoax, because like, he was always joking around. <laughs> and Rupa Sanat, and he, had, he said, you said, I'm giving you two names, one for each arm, because he was so muscular. So I asked you at that point, I said, did you give me this name because I, I steal the sweets and you know about it? And right then the doors were open and you just went. <laughs> That's all you did. <laughs> I was like, and you never gave me an answer that you actually knew I was actually not stealing, but you know, they were offered. <laughs> anyway, but you never answered that question. I'm probably not going to get an answer now. <laughs> no, you're not going to get an answer. <laughs> but what you asked me for me was never really about myself, but it was more what you taught me what it was. One time you asked me um, when you came to Boston, you said, so how are the deities? How are they doing? And I said to you, I said, I don't know. And you got really serious and heavy and you went, you should know, you're the Pajari. And I was like, I was completely taken back by that, <laughs> that I should understand the deity worship. But then later you wrote me a letter, because I asked you, well, how should I take care of the deities? And you said, nice food, nice dress. Um, treat them as you would want to be treated. And I understood at that point that, um, that Krishna is actually a person. That's the basic principle of my understanding of what deity worship is, is that Krishna is actually a person. And we're here to take care of him and Radharani and they'll also take care of us. So, so for me, Jamasmi was never so much 
I never really got absorbed personally. For me, it was more of a an opportunity to make other people happy and enthused about the deity worship. It was an opportunity for me to make them think of the deities. When I was the head pejorian, the temple president in Boston, I arranged that all these people would stay overnight, the night before Jamastami. The temple next morning would be buzzing. There'd be like 50 or 60 people in the temple room chanting. And Premanandu, who was the co-president, said, where'd they all come from? <laughs> and I just, because I spent so much time inviting them to come and then to engage them in, in working in the kitchen and making flower garlands and cleansing the whole temple. I saw Jamasmi as an opportunity just to expand the overall consciousness of, of everyone that was willing to come and see Krishna. And for me, that just made me always happy <laughs> and I felt like if you asked me that question that you asked me in 81 and if you ask me now I, I can actually answer that on some level that, that Krishna is happy he's happy by the savior and the and the, the, um, the um, preparation to have others come and help also serve and remember Krishna so for me, Jamasmi is just an opportunity to make other people happy. It's, I tried to do the altar nicely so everyone would go, wow, and appreciate the deities more. So that's why right. Krishna's arrangement. <laughs> <laughs>